All right. You guys want some good news this morning? Who wants some good news? No? I caught the biggest fish while on vacation last week. Just saying. Sorry, Wesley. Wesley and I, we always have a competition. So it's, we're, we're in that Adirondacks, and, and it's like the last day. And um, we're on this smaller, smaller pond. There's bass in there. And we're finishing it up, and I'm just like, Lord, you know I love you. Just let me catch a whopper right now. No, it was fun. It was it was a nice one. We had we had a, we had a good time. We had a good time on uh, on our vacation. It's always nice to, to catch a big fish to end it end it well. Um, we're in a series and we're looking at the battle within. And we've talked about the biggest struggle in our life is not necessarily those things we see from without the external things, but the battles we fight from within. Have you ever wondered? Have you ever wondered yourself why change is so hard in our lives at time? I mean, have you ever wondered why we seem to battle with the same issues in our lives and we think we overcome something and then, and then later it creeps up on us again and we're like, man, I, I, thought, I thought I conquered that or I thought I conquered that attitude or this impatience or, or whatever it might be. There's this constant battle that we have. We tend to believe that the most difficult things we face are from without or we tend to blame the things from without to justify our actions or our bad behavior. Like we always say, well, it's, it's, it's what's going on around us. It's the season we're in. It's, it's other people. But the Bible does not speak to that. What the Bible does, it speaks directly to our hearts. And unless we battle correctly with our hearts and what's within us, there is always going to be another issue that will pop up in your life to challenge you. Have you ever just thought, well, if this thing passes, then it will be great. If, if COVID-19 just passes, then it's going to be great. Guess what? I got news for you. Can I have some news for you? There's going to be another thing that's going to come along one day. Amen? There's going to be another thing that's going to challenge us, that's going to battle us. But guess what? Our hearts are still there, and God wants to do a work in each and every one of our hearts. And so that's what we've been digging into uh, the last month. And, and so the biggest battles, we've discussed this, and we, we've, we've been battling these, these questions and talking about these questions, is the battle within yourself and the battle between who you are and who you want to be. And so the question is, how do I change? How, how do I change, and, and how do I fight correctly these different challenges that come into my life. And so we've been looking at the battles that we all struggle with, anxiety, guilt, anger. Dan Berardini did a great job handling the topic of forgiveness last week. But what Jesus does for us, he gives us the reality of our lives, the reality of our heart. Luke records it for us in Luke 6.45. And here's what Jesus says. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good, what's the word? Good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. So, listen, we all have our moments. Do we have our moments? Do you have your moments? I have my moments. There are times that things just get to us and we have our moments and we're not proud of them. Or maybe you say something you didn't mean. And we always say, oh, I didn't mean to say that. And we all have filters. We know what we should say and we know what we shouldn't say. But there are things in our lives that come up that are going to prompt us to do things that we don't want to do. And what we tend to do is we excuse it by just saying, oh, I shouldn't have 
said that and I'll try to work harder. Instead, what we should be saying, there's something that broke through my filter of what I knew, what I shouldn't say, and there's something deeper going on in my heart. That's what Jesus wants us to get to. He wants us to get to the issues of our heart. Listen, there's always going to be another person that's going to irritate you. There's a lot of irritating people out in the world today, aren't there? There may be somebody irritating sitting right next to you today, right? No, I'm just teasing. I mean, it's just, there's always going to be that person. You, you think that one person and then another person takes that place. It's, it, or our situation or circumstance, something is always going to take that place. And so we have to deal with our hearts. And today what I want to talk about is I want to talk about the battle that's common to all of us, and that's the battle of pride. Hmm. So we're going to hit pride today. Are you guys ready? Buckle up your seatbelts because we're going to go for a ride, okay? The reason why pride is so dangerous is that it causes us to have an overinflated view of ourselves. It causes us to feel a sense of superiority over others. That's why pride is the root of all sins. That's why Satan fell. It was because of pride. Pride gives us this misplaced sense of worth. Psalms 10.4 says this, In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. And so when we are full of ourselves and we're looking out for our own, own, own interests, what we end up doing is we, 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 we push God out of the equation. We push God to the side and we just seek the things that we desire and what we want. Pride is this dependence on who we are and all of our achievements. So we can prop ourselves up and say, look at what I've done and look, look at how I am. And we want to give this perception to people that we're better than we are because we're afraid of what people might think of us if they really see who we are or the things that we battle with. Pride lifts itself and leaves no room for humility. And what we're going to see today is this is the heart of Christ. No matter what season you may be walking through, no matter what we may be going through today as a country, we need the humility of God in our lives to traverse through this the correct way and in the spirit of Christ. And if we don't battle our pride, pride will dominate us and allow us to do things that Christ does not desire us to do. Proverbs 11.2 says, says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes what? Comes wisdom. With humility comes wisdom. Pride sets us astray. But when we are humble, that's when God gives us his wisdom to correctly dissect what we need to dissect in our lives so that we're doing what the Lord desires us to do. Paul writes this to the Romans in Romans twelve sixteen when he says, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version. He says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, snobbish, high-minded, exclusive, but readily adjust yourself to people, things, and give yourself to humble tasks. Never overestimate yourself. I love that. Never overestimate yourself or be wise in your own conceits. I, um, I'm reading uh, through this book called The Road to Character by David Brooks. It was a, a book that Colby had to read while he was going through ROTC. And I saw it and I go, Colby, this looks like a real interesting book. He said, yeah, it's really good, Dad. Um, the author just kind of goes through different people in history and talks about their character and how they dealt with really difficult situations in their lives. So it was interesting. So I started reading it. And there was an interesting story about uh, George H.W. Bush Sr. and his mama. 
So it was a really interesting story. And when George H.W. Bush Sr. was running for president, he had learned from his mother and was raised in an era that said, listen, don't speak too much about oneself. Don't use the word I a lot. And so if a speechwriter for George would ever put the word I in his speeches, George would take it out. Because he knew his mama was, was going to get down on him for saying the word I, so he would take it out. And then his staff would insist that he, he's running for president and you're going to need to talk about yourself at some point. And so he would eventually give in to the request and without a doubt, he would get a call from his mother the next day and she would say, George, you're talking about yourself again. Now, who do you think George listened to? He listened to his mama, right? It's just an interesting era in the way he was taught. There's a story in the Bible about King David and something that he had to deal with, with within himself. And we all know King David, you know, Goliath. And, you know, we know that he was a man after God's own heart. But we know also that David sinned greatly and did a lot of dumb things. But one thing about David is we know that the reason why he was called a man after God's own heart, he knew to repent and to turn his heart back to God. It doesn't mean that David wasn't messy. It doesn't mean that David didn't make a ton of mistakes, which he did. But the one thing that David did correctly was repent and give his heart back to God. And he had to pay for a lot of the, he hit, the consequences were great with what he did and the bad choices he made. So he, he had to pay the consequences of the bad choices he made, but he knew to turn his heart back to God and he knew to repent. But there's a story about David when he gave into the temptation of pride. And what David did was he just saw great success. I mean, he saw this tremendous success over his enemies. David, as a young boy, defeated the giant of the Philistines, Goliath. Can you imagine as a young kid having that story in your back pocket all the time? Can you have a conversation with somebody and, and someone's talking to you and they're like, yeah, I did this. And you're like, oh, yeah, I took down Goliath, the giant of the Philistines. Try to up that one. Right? I mean, I don't know if he did that, but think about it. I mean, he's got this great story that he slewed the giant of the Philistines. But David began to look at his army. And he began to look at his successes. He began to look at how he conquered at that time the Philistines, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Parasites, all the ites. He, 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 he just took care of them. It was just this great success that he saw. And the kingdom of Israel greatly expanded under his rule. And so David is this powerful army by God's grace. And everything seemed great except for one thing. David began to allow his pride to get the best of him. Remember, the biggest battle will not come from without, but from within. The battles that defeated David the most were not from without. It wasn't the Goliaths. It wasn't the Philistines or the Ammonites. It was from within. When he was on the rooftop of his home and he saw he thought saw, saw Bathsheba lust took over his heart it was the things from within that defeated David that took hold of his heart and so here we have David being tempted with pride by looking at his armies and so it wasn't the enemy from without that defeated David but the enemy from within I want you to read this story here in first chronicles chapter 21 let's see what happened to David with his pride I want to read the first four verses here. It said, Satan rose up against Israel and caused David to take a census 
of the people of Israel. So David said to Joab, the commander of the army, take a census of all the people of Israel from Beersheba to the south to Dan in the north and bring me a report that I might know how many there are. Now, here, listen to Joab's reply. He says, may the Lord increase the number of his people a hundred times over. He goes, man, that, may, may God bring the increase. He said, but my Lord, the king, why do you want to do this? Are not all they your servants? Why must you cause Israel to sin? But the king insisted that they take a census. So Joab traveled throughout all of Israel and counted the people. Then they returned to Jerusalem. Joab warned David about taking the census because he knew he wasn't doing it correctly. He knew he wasn't doing it with the right heart. He knew he was doing it out of his pride. And he knew that this would turn to himself and look at the victories that this was something that he did. This is something that he accomplished. Let me tell you something. We all need Joabs in our lives. Can I get an amen? We need someone to check us once in a while to say, hey, why are you making that decision? Are you sure about this decision that you're making? And I think the one thing that we lack many times in our lives is accountability. Listen, if somebody loves me and cares about me, I want them to speak in my life. We need to be able to give people permission to speak into our lives, whether it's a close friend or your spouse. We need to walk in humility because you know what? All of us have blind spots in our lives. And all of us can allow pride to overtake us and to blind us to the reality of what we're doing. And Joab was right in what he did. Now, he had to follow the commands of the king because that's what you did. But Joab spoke up and said, this isn't right, David. What you're doing is not right. We need Joabs in our lives. And I hope that you have someone in your life that can speak into your heart. I hope that you have a friend that you've given permission to in your life that can speak to you. I hope that you can have people in your life that can say, you know what, I'm not sure about that decision you're making. And that we would have the humility enough to realize maybe I'm making a mistake here. See, what keeps us from allowing accountability in our life is pride. Don't, 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 don't give me the excuse that it's, oh, well, I'm a private person. No, you're not. You just don't want people knowing about things in your life. Don't, don't use that excuse. And I'm talking about close friends or your spouse, people that care, people that trust you, people that know you. It's about being vulnerable and saying, you know what, I'm weak and I can fall. And David was weak and we saw multiple times how he fell because of a lack of accountability. And we need that in our hearts and our lives if we're going to be careful about the things we do and the decisions that we make. We need accountability. What's the big deal here though? So David wants to take a census. We just took a census in our, in our country this year. Why would this cause God to judge Israel and send a plague upon them? Because David sinned because he was becoming prideful in his military victories. And God was the one who commanded and gave David the ability to overcome his enemies. So the power to overcome their enemies didn't come from their numbers, but from the power of God. The moment I begin to say to myself, I've done this and I'm doing this, look how great I am, look how I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps, is the minute we start to walk in pride and our downfall is waiting for us. And so God wanted that dependency 
on him more than the number of people that were in his army. I want you to look at verse 3 again because Job understood the power that came from God when he said, may the Lord increase the number of his people. I mean, Job wanted the increase, but he said, listen, I want to do it 100 times over. But Job understood that the census would bring guilt upon Israel because David was walking in pride. And it's easy for us to forget that God is the God all along who gave them strength. And David's, listen, listen to me. Mm. Just listen, just us, online, just us this morning. Listen to me. Don't ever buy the lie that your bad decision only affects you. David's decision to do this not only hurt him, but the country of Israel. But think about your choices and what you do, and not to think, well, it just it ends with me. Think about the repercussions of how that could hurt other people also. See, that's, that's our responsibility to sit there and say, you know what, maybe I've got to run this through somebody or if somebody says something to me and checks me, that I need to listen to that because maybe that's going to save something in the future that's going to hurt other people. Amen? Amen? Everybody's with me? Okay, good. Everybody's, we're still going here, okay? So tighten up your seatbelts. We're still moving along here, okay? And so it's easy for us to forget, like David, that all along was him giving the strength. So David lost his way for a moment. The number of men in his army is not where the power came from. It was the maker of heaven and earth. And it's interesting, it was David who said in Psalm 25, David said, in you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. See, David understood that he had to put his trust in God and God alone, not in the numbers of his army. Listen, we can sit there and find, try to find security in our world to make us feel better, but how many know that can be taken away in a moment? And that's what we're experiencing right now in our country. That can be taken away in a moment. If my trust is not in the Lord, what's going to be revealed in my life is when we go through difficult circumstances and we go through uh, hard trials, it's going to reveal what I'm truly trusting. And that's what Joab was trying to warn David don't put your trust in the numbers. Put your trust in the Lord because it doesn't matter how big your army is. There's a greater army that could come. There, there's an army that can come from, from the Persians. There's an army that can come from Babylon that could easily destroy you in a minute if God allowed it. Don't put your trust in numbers. Put your trust in me. I'm the one that defeats your enemies. Man, that's good preaching. Just give me an amen. Somebody give me an amen. Okay, good. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. Good. Yeah, I like that. So why is pride... So dangerous. I'm going to give you 15 things real quick. Are you ready? So if you're taking notes, forget it. Just listen and rewatch, rewatch this online, okay? So I'm going to give you 15 things real quick why pride is so dangerous. Here you go. You ready? Everybody with me? Okay. The reason why pride is so dangerous is this. Pride limits my ability to see my own faults and sins. Amen? Very true. Pride makes it easy for me to see the faults and sins of others. Okay, let's keep going. Pride makes me one-up someone else's story. That ever happened to you? So, it's a, and we've all done it, but yeah, you know, you're like, you tell somebody you went to Hawaii, and you're like, oh, we went to Hawaii, and the beaches were beautiful, and the food, there's just, the, the air was like dew. It just, it was like, 
melon coming out of the air, whatever that means. You know, it's just, and then somebody goes, oh, yeah, well, my wife, we went to Tahiti. And, yeah, and our, our house was in the water, out in the water. And, and we had a helicopter pad right out on the thing, and the helicopter would drop us off. And fish would just actually jump out of the water and just cook themselves. And, you know, and, you know it, was just, it was just wonderful. You know, and then you, got, and then you feel like your trip to, you know, Hawaii was like going to Seabreeze for the day. You know, I was like, what, you know, big deal. You know, pride causes us to do that. Pride makes me interrupt others to share my thoughts. We, can I just be honest with us New Yorkers? We are terrible at this. We interrupt each other all the time, and we just think it's normal. And I, I have, my brother-in-law is from South Carolina, and he's so polite, and they just have manners there in South Carolina. And it's just funny when we're talking that. He'll just, he'll just listen, and he's so polite. And he waits till you finish speaking. I go, Ned, do we seem like the rudest people in the world? We're talking loud. We're interrupting each other. We just think it's normal. He goes, no, I'm used to it by now. You know, I go, geez, we need some manners, you know. Uh, but many times... When we get angry, we want it. we want our voice to be heard because we feel like our pride has been bruised. We got to interrupt and we got to make sure we we defend ourselves. That's 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 pride, and we have to be really careful of that. Pride makes me jealous of someone else's success. Pride makes it difficult to say the words "I'm sorry." Okay, just check and see if you're with me. Pride makes it difficult to offer forgiveness and ask for forgiveness. Pride makes me think I'm good at what I do. Pride makes me feel smarter than others or superior to others. Pride makes me more concerned with how I am perceived than who I really am. Pride makes me think that the sermon is always for someone else. Now, you've all done this. Right, right, I, I guarantee, before I even mention it, some of you are thinking, I wish so-and-so was here to hear this. They just need to be, I can't wait to get home and repost this on Facebook and I'm going to just, I am my friend and say, oh, my pastor has this message. You really need to hear this. And especially about the part of the 15 pride things, you really need to hear that. Especially the third one down, you really need to hear that. Right? We, we all have done that. That's just pride. Instead, we should be thinking what? I need to hear this, right? Amen. We need to hear this. So, oh, I lost my place. Where am I? Pride makes uh, pride. Uh, pride, uh, pride makes me. Uh, pride keeps me from correction. Pride, pride causes me to say I'm proud. I'm not. Pride causes me to say I'm not proud. I'm just honest. And and what I mean by that is just say you know I'm good at what I do. That's just that's just the truth, right? I'm just good at what I do. I'm just being honest with you. And that's just pride. That's pride. Pride causes me to overestimate or underestimate my worth as a person. And pride ultimately keeps me from hearing God. Because, listen, David is our example here. God was speaking through his, his commander of his army, Joab, and because of David's pride, he refused to hear God's voice. So when someone is speaking into your life, it just may be the prompting of the Holy Spirit of God to speak through them, to speak to your heart, to keep you from making a bad decision. Amen? Thank God for those people in our lives. Thank God for them. And you know what? When we have a conversation with somebody, if we even think they're wrong, even if the majority of things are saying they're wrong, I would say, you know what, God, help me with the 2% or the 3% that may be right. 
Because I know it's that 1% that can take me down. 1% can still take me down. We've got to be on our guard all the time. Remember, the enemy is a roaring lion seeking to whom he may devour. It was Satan who came. It was Satan who came. And if we don't think we have an enemy that is out to kill, steal, and destroy you, you're living in a dream world. And so we've got, it's a battle that we're in, and it's a constant guarding of our heart all the time. Ryan Holiday just gives this wonderful quote about our lives and how we, we tend to rewrite the story of our lives to make ourselves look better. He, he says this, he says, the narrative is when you look back at an improbable or unlikely path to our success and we say, I knew it all along. Crafting stories out of past events is a very human impulse. It's also dangerous and untrue. Writing your own narrative leads to arrogance. It turns your life into a story. It turns it into a caricature. Well, we still have to live it. And what, Ryan, what Holiday is saying there is that we tend to look back over our life and we, we tend to embellish it or exaggerate these stories to make ourselves look better. And then, and then we turn ourselves into something that we're not. And then we have to live that way. So if we embellish our life and our stories about all the things about us that we think are good, and then we have to live that way. And what, what we're not doing is we're not being truthful with ourselves. It's almost refreshing to me sometimes when you talk to people and you're having a conversation and maybe they're talking about their kids or whatever and they just share their struggles with you, like maybe their struggles with their kids or like, you know, our kids struggled here or they struggled. It's almost refreshing, right? Instead of hearing how wonderful everything is, it's almost refreshing to hear people say, you know what, we do have struggles, and I love that within the family of God, when we're vulnerable to each other and we say, you know what, I'm having a struggle and I need prayer, that's what the family of God should be all about. That's what the community of God should be all about, where we do share our struggles and our needs so that we can help each other out, knowing that, no, my life's not perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes in my past and I need Christ's help. I need his grace in my life. And that's walking in humility and not allowing pride to overwhelm us to try to be something that we're not. And I think as Christians, we're so afraid of being judged. We're so afraid of what people might think of us that if they don't think that we have it all together, then they're going to think less of us. And, and I think that's just a, that's not a good thing about the church. It really isn't. Where if we look into scriptures, we look into the word of God, we, we should be able to trust each other and we should be able to say, you know what, I'm struggling and I need God's help and I need God's people to surround me and to help me and I need their prayers. That's, that's being vulnerable and walking in humility and not, not allowing pride to well up to say, I can't let people know what's going on because I'm too afraid of what they might think. That's just, that's just pride. You know, all of us, we get angry, don't we? We just do. I mean, it's so easy to get frustrated with the world we're living in today. But let me just say this. Anger is what gets most of us into trouble. Pride is what keeps us there. And I'm not saying that we all don't have our moments. We all have our moments, right? We have our moments with anger. We have our moments with frustration or impatience. We all have our moments, right? And, and we need to repent from those moments and say that that's not what God wants from us. But what keeps us there is pride, where we're not willing to admit that I need to humble myself and I need to ask for help. So how do we fight this pride within us? 
How do we fight this and how do we guard our hearts from going down a wrong path that, that could easily destroy us and, and, and hurt others? Paul writing to the church in, in Philippi says this. I love what he says here. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. So how does this happen? Well, Paul gives us two things here. He talks about selfish ambition, which just basically means advancing my own agenda. I don't really care about other people. It's really about me and what I want and how I can advance my own agenda and people just need to get out of my way and if people don't get out of my way, someone's going to get hurt. I mean, that's basically selfish ambition. And then he talks about vain conceit. Basically, vain conceit is just empty pride. It's empty pride. Basically, it's saying you aren't all that or you're not as great as you think you are or literally it means you're full of hot air. And that's really what vain conceit means. And The way we fight pride is through the choice of humility. So if somebody says, you know, I'm just a humble person. I just am. I'm just meek. I'm mild. And I'm just humble. Are they really humble? No, they're not. So how how do we walk in humility? Well, Paul gives us the answer here by serving, by looking to the interest of others. And, and, and by always seeing other people and allowing God to use me to better the interests of others. It's bettering other people. That's what Jesus came. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve us, to show us the way to heaven. He became poor so that we could become rich, the word of God says. So the way to fight pride is through this choice of humility. Now, you can choose humility or it can be forced upon you. How many of you have ever had humility forced upon you? Yeah, well, you, you just thought something and then, you know, somebody else comes along and just does it a lot better than you and you're like, wow, I didn't think that person had it in them. I feel really dumb now, right? It's that, it's that forced humility. That's why, I like, that's why I like the movie Karate Kid. I just love it, man. It's all, I love Mr. Miyagi. He's just this humble little guy. He's about three foot two, you know? <laughs> and he's just, he's his philosophy of karate is not about being violent or going after the other person, but then you got this other, the dojos, I think that's what they're called, the dojos, right? And they're all about, you know, no mercy. Remember that in the movie? No mercy. Have any of you watched Karate Kid? Get a life, would you? Come on. Go home. It's on Netflix. Watch it this afternoon. It's too hot to go outside anyway, so watch it. And by the way, you're welcome for not being outside today. I just want to let you know that again. You're welcome. Thank you. It's nice and cool and comfy in here. Um, and so I love, there's this one part. I can't remember if it's in Karate Kid 1 or 2 or 3 or 8. I can't remember which one it's in. But I remember the dojo guy, the leader of the dojo guy, is coming after Mr. Miyagi. He doesn't like what he did. And Mr. Miyagi's standing by a car. Remember this? And, and the guy comes up to Mr. Miyagi, and he's tough, you know. He knows all, you know. And then you got, you got Daniel's son over in the corner doing this. And you're like, what are you doing? You know. And so, so the guy comes up to Mr. Miyagi, and he just, Mr. Miyagi's just standing there. And the guy comes up and he's going to punch Mr. Miyagi and just take this little guy out. And so as he goes to hit him, Mr. Miyagi just moves out of the way. Remember that? And what does he hit? The car window. And his hands, and he's like, and then he's so mad, he does it again. Mr. Miyagi moves the other way. And he hits the other window in his other hand. So for Mr. Dojo, humility was forced upon him from little Mr. Miyagi. Humble, meek Mr. Miyagi. And so here's the thing I want you to see in our lives. Here's the thing I want you to see in our lives. 
and what we need to look to. Jesus chose humility. And, and our attitude should be the same of Christ Jesus. And so what he does is he chooses humility. He takes the way of the cross. The humility of the cross to take on our sin and our shame. There is nothing that should be beneath us when we look to the cross of Jesus Christ. If I say to myself, this thing is beneath me or I can't do this thing because it's beneath me, I'm missing the whole point of the cross of Christ. Of Christ. Jesus took everything for you and I as a humble servant, as a suffering servant and hung on that cross for you and I to bear our sins. He walked the way of humility. When the spirit of Christ is in my heart and I'm looking to him, that I'm going to be looking at people differently. I'm going to be looking at, at the things I say and the things I do differently. It doesn't mean we don't speak up. That doesn't mean we don't, you know, there are things that, that we say, but, but here's, please understand what I'm saying. Let's do it in the humility of Christ. May we not do it in pride or defense or someone made me mad or you irritated me or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Listen, 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 listen. At the cross of Jesus Christ, I lay down my rights. I lay down my right to be offended. Are you hearing me, church? We got to be careful here. Listen, church, church, listen to me closely. We've got to be careful right now in our day and age. Very careful. Because I know it's very polarizing right now. And I know it's very easy to get angry. And it's very easy to get upset with everything that's going on. Decisions that are, being, that, that are going on. But listen, listen. We, as the body of Christ, must walk in humility and not allow pride to lead us. Or, or we will misrepresent Jesus. We, we, will be very care- we, we need to be very careful because we don't, we don't want to ruin our testimony of Christ Jesus. And so let's be very careful. And so as we do things, as we say things, as we converse with people, which we should have conversations, that's okay. But may we do it in the humility of Christ and allow the Spirit of Christ to guide us and lead us in our words. Listen, if, if, if we're going to be persecuted, let's be persecuted for the gospel, not my political stance. Let's be careful, church. That's all I'm going to say. I lo- Do you know I love you? I love you as your pastor. I love you as your pastor. And my heart's desire is that Christ would be glorified in all that we do. And so let's guard our hearts here. And let's go back to the cross. And as we go to Jesus and we allow his spirit to infiltrate our life, we're going to be looking at things differently. The way we say it, how we say it, we'll be saying it differently. That doesn't mean we don't say something, but in the way we say it and the way we treat people will be different when we're walking with Christ's spirit. So listen, just a little tidbit. We're going to close. I'm going to let you go into the heat. Ready? Here, listen. When you find yourselves getting all worked up in this world, take a break. Take a break. Take a time out from social media. Take a time out from the news. Take a sabbatical from all that stuff. It was so wonderful going to the Adirondacks and, and kind of being away from some of that stuff. My dad even said, when I was driving back, he goes, I just felt better because I just wasn't immersed in all that stuff because I just felt it was good just to take a break from all that stuff. Take a break 
and continually seek the Lord in your life every single day and let Jesus guide and guard your heart from the madness. Amen? He will protect us. He will guide us. And he will give us his peace. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, let me pray for you guys. That's all I got. Good, no one said amen. So I'm going to keep going. I've got a couple more notes here. Let me pray for you today. Would you bow your hearts with me as we pray today? Thank you for letting me bring you God's word today. So let me pray for, for us and for our hearts. Father God, we just need you. And, and Lord, this world needs you. Lord, I just pray, God, that you would protect us, protect our hearts from pride. Lord, I'm praying for myself because I can allow pride to, to just envelop my heart so easily. But Lord, may we all look to the cross of Christ and the humility that Jesus chose to give us life and life more abundantly. So may our attitudes, as Paul said, be that of Christ Jesus who took on the role of a servant, of a slave. He chose to do that. He chose to wash the disciples' feet. Even when one was getting ready to betray him, he still washed the feet of Judas. Lord, help us to walk in humility because of what you've done for us. Help us to love with your love. Allow us to show mercy with your mercy and allow us to show grace with your grace. The grace that has been bestowed upon us, may it not stop with us, but may it flow through us to those who so desperately need it. Lord, our country needs you, Jesus, and I pray that, God, your church would be the church that you've called us to be, and may we never lose our focus and who we are and what we're called to do, and that's to present the beautiful message of the gospel of Jesus Christ and why he came to earth. Open up those doors for us. Open up those conversations for us. And so, Lord, we thank you for showing us your way, and we thank you for your word today. We love you. We thank you. And we just want to be careful to ask all these things in Jesus' wonderful name, in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Can we thank God for his word today? Can we thank him? Amen. 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 Thank you guys for, for, for coming today. Just remember, just... Check out our weekly emails. We'll let you know whether or not we'll be outdoors or indoors um, uh, next week. But thank you for coming. Thank you for your prayers, your continual prayers for the leadership and for myself. We love you guys. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy this warm summer day. God bless you guys.